Peace and welcome to another episode of Artistry, where art meets industry. We are your hosts, Rochelle Etienne Robinson and Stan Substantial Robinson. Season four of Artistry is powered by Words, Beats, and Life. Peace. Peace and welcome to Artistry, where art meets industry. We are Rochelle Etienne Robinson and Stan Substantial Robinson. Happy Wednesday, folks. What's going on, family? How are you? I'm all right. You know, I'm about as okay as I can be all this stress. Oh, you know my saying? goodness. We, we was a little late. We apologize. We yeah, apologize. Yeah, you know, technical difficulties, man, trying to maintain quality and mm-hmm. and all of that. So definitely, you know, the troubleshooting behind this, uh, the scenes can be challenging, you Absolutely. know. But we are back and we're happy to be here in spite of what's going on in the world right now. Yes. So if you are in the Northeast region like we are, um, yeah, it's a little hazy, a little hazy, feeling like, feeling like L.A. Uh, Looking like L.A. more like, I don't know about (laughs) feeling. Yeah, looking like L.A., a little hazy, a little smoky, Mm -hmm. code red. Um, So if you are in the Northeast region, you know, hope you are all staying safe and able to take, you know, short breaths. Yeah, man. So, so you know, we got a special guest in the building. Uh, well, not in the building, but on, on the call today. Yes. You know? So, you know, without further delay. So today's guest is M- is an MC, songwriter, educator, and youth advocate. He prides himself on providing his audience with a positive alternative, choosing to perform curse-free hip-hop with verses that don't degrade women, promote drugs, excessive violence, or over-glorifies money. He has performed at the Lincoln Center and the Kennedy Center. He has featured, he has been featured on CNN and Great Day Washington. Mm -hmm. He has led youth workshops in Tripoli, Lebanon, and was commissioned to record an original song to honor Oliver Stambo's 100th birthday in South Africa. Okay, all you're getting them stamps. Yes, yes, all the stamps. (laughs) He has performed, recorded, and collaborated with numerous award-winning artists, including Logic, Robert Glasper, Kenyon Harold, Miles Mosley, Chris Dave, Derek Hodge, and the West Coast Get Down. Please welcome to Artistry our special guest, Javier Starks. Welcome to the show, Javier. Peace. What's going on, Hav? How are you? How y'all doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And I'm also recorded with substantial Stanley Robinson. Can't leave that out. Whole government. Whole government. Okay. (laughs) I love that. Substantial Stanley Stanley Robinson. Robinson. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) Stanley Substantial Robinson. (laughs) It's all good. Welcome to the show, man. I'm doing good, man. Enjoying enjoying this hazy weather, man. Yeah, uh, man. You have you have guests with you. You have birds chirping. I know, right? (laughs) Out here in Tyson's corner. So random. Mm -hmm. Doing multiple things. I was in the middle of doing something else and I was like, let me put that aside. Get on this podcast. Grind. Excited to be here with y'all today. Yeah, man. Happy to have you here with us, brother. You know? Yeah, man. So uh, on the show, of course, we talk about um your creative journey and so um let's start with where you're from i mean i know we've had obviously we've had conversations outside of this but you know you come from a military family so stereotypically a lot of military families have traveled 
extensively throughout the country. Where were you born and where have you lived since? I was born in Georgia on a military base. I've lived in Georgia. I've lived in Chicago. I lived in Tennessee. I've lived in Germany. I've lived in Maryland. I've lived in D.C. I've traveled a lot, visiting family, North Carolina, Alaska. Yeah, man. Been around. Been around a block a few times. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> do, you have a, I, do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite place that you recall, that you remember? You have I'd probably say Maryland, D.C., Virginia area is my DMV. favorite place to be. Yeah, the DMV is the best. You got, like, uh, the vibes of, like, the industry no pun intended, um, of like uh, uh, New York in terms of people you can connect with, yeah. but um, is slow, slower paced with you when you step out to like the VAs or like certain parts of Maryland, you got like the, the green trees and grass and parks to go hang out with, hang out. And then at the same time, it's just very wholesome and home-like, you know, because folks, you know, are just like down to earth. Um, I'd say more than not so much like LA per se, where people move there for opportunity. You know, you move right. to the DMV, you're probably just looking for a nice place to live. So, yeah. Yeah. Or got a good government job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Or you, yeah, you're working for Uncle Sam. Yeah. Right. So, as a, as a creative, um, when do, what can you recall for us? your first introduction to the arts? Was it visual arts or was it performing arts? Mm. I was drawing long before I ever considered making music. So yeah, I used to like watching lots of cartoons. I still watch cartoons just in the form of animation, not Japanimation, just animation. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I liked watching cartoons and uh, the ability to sketch. I wasn't like magnificent or anything crazy, but I could draw little characters. I used to make up my own characters. And that gave me a platform with which to be creative and live within worlds that didn't exist. Same reason why I fell in love with video games. It's like something like Kingdom Hearts, like literally there's all these worlds that you can be in. Something like Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild, etc. Zelda, just these games, Splatoon, these games that just immerse you in such creative worlds. So drawing was my my entry into the world of art. Okay. Mm. And so you mentioned, you know, um, of course, drawing and you're influenced by, you know, cartoons and animation and comic books and, um, and video games. What, when did music come into play? So music was actually... Um, very unexpected and unplanned. I was in a, well, I, I just, my mom had put me out at 17. And for whatever reason, she asked me if I wanted to move out at 18 or if I wanted to stay living at home. And I mean, at 18, at 17, I was still asking, can I go outside today when I wasn't in trouble? And it would be no, would be the response sometimes. So I'm like, yo, that's her 18. I'm gone. You know, I'm rolling out. And she took some offense to that and put me out in high school. And so I started living with my friend who was so gracious enough to let me live there because my mom kept on my clothes and stuff. Um, and I started experimenting with drugs, actually. I started partying a lot and doing lots of stupid things. 
Um, but one thing that was a reoccurring thing, despite um, all the other things we were into, was the stupid music we were listening to. It was very destructive. But I knew all the lyrics. My friends are like, yo, you know every word to every song. How do you remember every word to every song? I'm like, I don't know. I just know it. And um, so they were like, yo, like you should like freestyle. You should like rap your own lyrics. Like if you remember all the words, it would probably be easy for you to perform. And like even to this day, like still like remembering my lyrics is not like troublesome to me. I can still like pretty much remember my first songs. So anyway, I met this guy, Joaquin. Big shout out to my brother, Joaquin Evans, who stopped by my job at the time I was working at a water dispensary store before Drink More Water was big. They were like our only competition. And um, and he came in. He was like, yeah, man, you know, I work with artists or whatever. Should come by, you know, later this week and we'll connect. And I remember I was at a park drinking Mad Dog 2020. I'm like chugging. I could chug Mad Dog 2020 in like 45 seconds and be lit in like five minutes. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be somewhere. And I like ran to Joaquin's house and we just started working on music and talking about the idea of different cadences and um, riding a rhythm in comparison to as being out of the pocket. And, you know, I learned a lot from him. That was where, where it all began. And that was, man, that was, feels like a lifetime ago. And my my goal with that, to to shorten this answer was, once I realized that I could use art as a means to connect with and or inspire or move, motivate or shift things in this world to a more positive place, because I was a positive person who didn't want people to fall into the same vacuum of being misled by songs that were fun, but, um, you know, deceptive. I was like, yo, I'm going to make music that's like in between Lecrae and Lil Wayne. Like, it's going to be, like, catchy, but not preachy. It's going to be, like, real, but, like, at the same time, still, like, technically skilled. And, and so I started making art to, to um, show people that you could be successful doing what you love. That's what's up. Yeah, man. I was, uh, it's funny, like, because you can, while answering the original question, you kind of answered my I'm sorry. Question. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. No, because I was just basically... You know, I always find it interesting when I meet um, not just brothers like you, uh, like brothers like us, because I feel like, you know, while I didn't have the same challenges that you had, per se, um, there were certain challenges growing up in the areas that we've grown up in that oftentimes make a lot of our counterparts like go a very, very different route. And so I've, I've always, excuse me, I've always found it really interesting about you that in spite of these things you've experienced, um, you've turned into this person that like, you know, I think it's almost shocking for a lot of people when they hear this backstory because you're, you're so like, for lack of a better word, like, you know, if there was ever per, ever a person who's kind of bubbly, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you have that, that type of energy yeah. when you come into a space, like, and not just with adults, like you're great with uh, little kids, too, because obviously you got a background in education. But, um, yeah, man, like you, you definitely can shift the shift the mood in a room with your energy. And it's, in, and it's infectious. And so. Um, so, yeah, I'm just I just want you to kind of elaborate a bit more on how does one because obviously it's not the same for everybody. Right. Like just because it worked for you doesn't necessarily mean 
it's going to work for someone else. But how did you get to that point where in spite of everything you've been through, because some of this stuff you is quietly still dealing with, right? Like you don't always speak. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so how does one, how does one get to that place? Well, like what, what choices? Cause I feel like you made conscious choices to be like, nah, this is, this is who I'm, this is who I am. Yeah. Right. Um, the best way to like summarize it is while I'm, I'm, I'm constantly working to put myself together because I'm a very broken person. I've been very humbled by life. Um, you know, I remember growing up, it was me, my mom and my little sister all sleeping on the fold out couch in my grandmother's basement. The same grandmother I post videos of, we were living in her basement, my sister, Peter Bay. So we all Peter Bay, you know, and like, I remember sleeping with my mom on the floor of my uncle's house because we didn't have a place to stay. I remember when I first got my own bedroom upstairs in my grandmother's house. I remember going to school and we not being able to hang out at the, cause I grew up in Baltimore in elementary and they were like, yo, don't go to the shopping center. It's like dangerous. You know, like I remember we couldn't go to the swimming pool. I never played basketball or sports growing up. We didn't have access to those things like because those areas were dangerous. So I would say that um, the key to my positiveness, because I see the negative, like I'm not blind to it. You know, uh, but I'm very grateful. Um, I, I'm very, very grateful of the people that I have in my life. My life. I'm grateful of the opportunities that I'm given. I'm grateful for the air, even though it's soggy air. Like I'm grateful to be able to be outside and excited that the birds are here. Um, I'm just very grateful. And uh, I think that that starts with like being able to assess what you do have, you know, and um, because it's easy for us to talk about what we don't have, you know, Sub and I, we're working on a lot of plans, bro. And there's a lot of stuff that we wish we had uh, resources. We wish we had, but um, yeah, man, I've been homeless like three times, you know, and like, yo, I'm like, man, like I'm at a place where it's like, what? I got one wheel. I got a hat. Like, you know, my hair is done and like, I got a nice clean shirt on and, I got good friends like you all who are working to help me bring my dreams into fruition. And, and I, I would say my life is just like, uh, my whole life is just a collection of blessings. Like I could tell you my first mixtape wouldn't have come into fruition if not for some random lady I met at my friend's house who gave me a hundred dollars to get the album artwork. Like, bro, like, Oh my gosh. Like my whole life is just blessings. And, 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 um, yeah, I, I, my grandma will tell you that I've always been someone who rolls with the punches. And I just took that and like really tried to like cultivate that as I got older. You know, I'm the type of person who's like, oh, the bus is full. I'll sit on the steps intentionally so that I will humble myself to be more grateful. You know, it's like, oh, don't sleep on the floor. No, I don't mind sleeping on the floor. It's not comfortable, but it's something that will make me appreciate the bed more. Um and, and, and it's, it's just something that's practiced. Yeah. That's powerful. You know, um, some of the content that you've you've written about, you know, obviously you, you pull from your life um, and your experiences, your environment, um, but you've made a conscious effort not to speak on certain things, which hip hop has been known to do. Talking about, you know, from relationships, talking about violence, talking about drugs, um, but you've opted not to do that. Uh, 
I know you've mentioned about, you know, being positive um, and staying in that space, you know, being in very much in control of the energy that you um, put out. But, you know, it's going against the grain. So what have what made you decide to do that? Well, I looked at towards the end of high school, I started doing a program called Child Development. And then after high school, I was skateboarding and hanging out with kids in the neighborhood. And I didn't have a big brother, you know. I have friends. I have a big brother. And I realized a lot of the things I learned, you know, even stuff that I shouldn't have learned, you know, first cigarette, first experience with drugs, you know, learning about stuff like masturbation, et cetera. Like, I learned that from my friends. And I was like, man, like, I wished I had someone who was, like, keeping it real with me and, like, dropping these gems on me, you know? And so when I started creating art, and I had just transitioned from a space where, like, you know, I'm not only doing drugs, but also selling drugs. And I'm like, yo, like, I can't, like, push positivity while, like, simultaneously pushing negativity. And and that doesn't mean that I, I think that uh, people who sell drugs to survive are, like, negative people. But we understand that the the, the, the impact of drugs on our body is, is destructive. So, um... When, when I say that, I'm like, yo, like, the goal is just to, to really to show people that, like, what is feasible, like, you know, to, to look someone in the eyes and say, oh, you're seven, my 12 my year old cousin is, I remember when he was like eight, he was watching these people on YouTube, and he would talk about how much money they have. And I'm like, well, you know, do they really have that much money? How do you know they have that much money? And do you think that you can make that much money talking about Minecraft or talking about soccer? And he would be like, no, you know, you got to like do blah, blah, blah. And you got to have this. And, and I'm like, yo, but like, they only think that because they haven't seen contrary. When I did a workshop at DC general hospital with a group of homeless kids who lived there at the hospital that was closing down. Cause I'm pretty sure it's closed now, but, um, I did a freestyle writing workshop with them. And one kid was like, yo, I'm driving down the street in my BMW and I suck your blood like a vampire, turn you to stone. And I'm like, but this like not your life. Like, where is it coming from? You know, so like the the idea of the subconscious influence of art on us and in, in myself specifically, I'm like, man, you know, I remember trying like Robitussin, like drinking large quantities of Robitussin, Robotrippin is what we called it, or doing PCP. And um, it's like, man, I never would have done that stuff before if not for like the music I was listening to. It's crazy. Like, it's like, I'm so grateful to be alive, you know, despite those experiences. I remember many nights, I don't know how I made it home, but I made it home, you know, maybe because, you know, I'm here for something bigger than me, which is why I tried to be something bigger than me even when it's not always convenient um yeah i don't know if that really answers the question but uh, no it does because it actually brings a a, a, i think of another follow-up question because you hear so many times about artists who say well i'm not a role model that's not you know i'm here this is how I, i i produce my art you know this is um expression and so what do you say what do you say to that when you have artists who are talking about, you know, you know, different activities that they participate in or that they've seen other people participate in? A lot of it is fantasy. Some of it is fiction. Some of it is actual. Some of it is biological, you know, um, biographical. So 
What do you say to artists who are like, nah, you know, this is just art. This is just art. I'm yeah. trying to, you know. I had a big conversation. Life. Sorry about that. Cutting you yeah. off. You mean to. Um, yeah, I had a big conversation with another local artist who was saying the same thing. And um, he works with youth also. And I think that um, I think that the big the big thing to take in mind is that, like, as adults, we process information very differently than children do. And we have to understand that the world is is an active reflection of the things that we are consuming. So when we see school shootings, countless school shootings now, it's like, yeah, but how many countless first person shooters are there now? When I was growing up, you know, when people were growing up, there weren't so many games about shooting. You know, we look back to like the original Nintendo area. Let's take it like really far back. Like there was Duck Hunt and my grandmother wouldn't even let me. She didn't even want me to play Duck Hunt because there was it was violence, you know. And back then, like in Baltimore, guns in, in Chicago where my great grandmother, where my grandmother lived, my father's mom lived. It, gun violence is serious. But now there's Fortnite, there's League of Legends, there's like, yo, there's like countless games and like something like headshots is like celebrated and thought of like, is like, it's nothing, you know, it's like, ah, yeah, man, you know, 360 no scope headshot, like fun. So when, so naturally when, you know, these people get pushed to the wall and they get upset, it's like, well, what do they know best? You know, like it might be a game, but it's like, it's still what they know best. You know, it's like, um, I'm pissed off. Let me go and like wipe out the school. Like, you know, and, and then, and then, you know, the idea of like being like, so, um, drawn to or inspired by the notoriety that you get by people posting about you. They see that these, these shooters get talked about and they want to live in infamy. It's like, you know, that's why trolls exist. It's like, it doesn't matter if it's negative energy. I just want to be seen, you know? So, uh, Mm-hmm. it's uh it's a it's mm. yeah yeah man yeah you are we are all role models regardless of whether we like to accept it or not to say that i'm not a role model is a cop-out and i may not feel like i'm a role model but if there's a three-year-old kid right here watching me regardless of if i want to be or not i am a role model um maybe not technically based on you know society standards but yo if you're if you're a superstar who makes his living off of selling a product to his fans well yeah i mean yeah i mean i can't imagine not feeling like some sort of like attachment to those people that you create art for you know someone who like it's it's heavy you know to each his own really you know but, you know, you, you live with it. And I think that the best way to show those artists that they are role models is to ask the kids. It's like, oh, you know, J. Cole said he's not a role model. He's got a song called No Role Models. How many of you kids look up to J. Cole? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it's like, regardless of what J. Cole says, you got to listen to the people who listen. Look up to him, you know, so. Yeah, it's um, it's it's like, you know, I've, I've said it probably before on the show, but like, um. You know, the one of the one of the quotes that stuck with me from working in education is uh, more is caught than taught. Right. So regardless to how much how much I'm telling them a thing, you know, what I mean, like, you know, they're, they're going off of what they see me do. I mean, largely the reason why I don't drink anymore is because when my uh, oldest daughter got old enough 
that asked me why I drink when as she learned more and more about it, she started learning some of the negative things. And then, you know, I used to work, um, do substance uh, abuse prevention. So um, so then there's a, a ton of things I know about it. And I've had negative experience. I've had my fun, but I've also had negative experiences with it, too. And so and she pretty much challenged me like she didn't word it this way, but she was pretty much saying, knowing what you know and what I know about that. Why do you do that? You know what I mean? And yo, she was like seven. And it was just like, I could have just copped out and be like, mind your business, little kid. Shut up. I'm going to do what I want. But it's just, again, because of the environment I'm in most of my day in education where I can hear one of the older teachers like, you know, you know, more is caught than taught, baby. You know what I'm saying? You can Mm -hmm. tell them not to yell at people all day. But if they see you yelling at people all day and they look at you like to, to figure out what they should be doing then that's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I think for a lot of people, like you said, it's a cop out. The easier route to go is to just be like, yo, just act like the, these folks don't exist. Or because I said, I'm not a thing. Y'all can't hold me accountable for X, Y, and Z. And, you know, and, and while I, and while there is a sliver, a sliver of truth to that, like you can't, and there is, yeah, yeah, like you know, you can't hold people to unrealistic standards, right? Because these people who are mimicking this behavior, they still have parents, they still have other people in their life who are also modeling behaviors that are opposite to what they're seeing. But these kids mm-hmm. and are making a conscious decision, like, yeah, but that's corny. This is what I'm trying to do because we also make a lot of positive stuff. Uh, we describe it to be corny, like people write it off all the time as corny. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, man, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a tough road, bro. Like I got, I've always had a ton of respect for you because I know I know from firsthand experience, it's not a it's not an easy path. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, I'll go for it. No, the only thing I was going to add is, you know, for those who say that, for those artists who say that, but you want you want their support. And when I say support, you want their emotional support, but you also want the financial support from these audiences. Mm-hmm. Right? And so to say, you know, oh, well, I'm not a I'm not I'm not a leader. I'm not a, a, a you know, I'm not one to, to be looked at like that. But if they weren't looking at you like that, you wouldn't be in the position you wouldn't have a career. Right. Yeah. You right. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's like they can say that and, and, and people can have whatever kind of expectations. You're just not obligated to own them, but they're also entitled to having them. That's the ca- the world is like weird in that way. So, um, you know, I remember I forgot who it was, but they were like it was a famous person. They were like, yeah, if you don't like going out and meeting people and seeing people, well, then your job should be something that you do indoors. But if you're a superstar. Well, when you go outside, I mean, you know, it kind of just comes with the game. And that doesn't mean that paparazzi is okay. Like, but the idea is like, hey, man, it's like you step out into the world. That's your that's your office. You know, you're right. as a musician, as an artist, your office is in the in the bedroom, in the living room, in the kitchen with whoever. Like, you're there. So, like, these people are being influenced by you. Maybe you might not be a role model, but you can't deny that you're influencing them. Are you responsible for it? No. But at the same time, Maybe you are. I don't know. You know, yeah. if you're worried about that, then make better art. <laughs> hmm. Right. 
Right. So while we were talking about youth, um, you know, and and how like you chose to impact young people through your music, how did you start getting opportunities uh, to work with um, young people abroad? Okay, so I was working with this organization called Words, Beats, and Life, and I still work with them. I'm trying to find a little bit better lighting because I'm outside. Um, uh, yeah, I was working for this nonprofit called Words, Beats, and Life, and they were the reason why I was able to travel globally. But before, before that, I was working with kids through an organization called YDRF, the Youth Development Research Fund. And basically, we would go to work with kids in like community centers or um, whatever, just like churches, schools, various different locations, literally. But these kids didn't even know who we were. We just show up. And my job was to be a peer support worker. And my my primary objective was to provide positive peer support. So we would do different activities. Like uh, one activity is called when I see, I see when I see substantial, I see a talented young man. When I see substantial, I see a driven, hardworking father. When I see substantial, I see an understanding, compassionate black leader in our community. When I see shell, I see a powerful woman who cares for her children and her a significant other. When I see Shell, I see an incredibly like organized business professional. When I see Shell, I see a uh, kind-hearted, um, fun person to be around. But like that type of uh, feedback is rare in certain places. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But imagine if where you live, when I say, when I see sub, I see a smart person there, like, yeah, man, he ain't smart. He's stupid. He's stupid. You know, so mm -hmm. the idea was to provide the, the alternative to that, because in most cases, those kids were, were used to receiving that type of feedback. They always hear someone say, nah, he ain't smart, you know, blah, blah, blah. So um, that was where I got my start. And then um, I kind of ran with it. But it was, it was the funniest part was that, like, that person who ran that organization was like, he would always go to his office and be crunching numbers and be talking about how much money he was losing. And he would just look at me and be like, yo, Hav, positive hip hop just doesn't sell. Positive hip hop just doesn't sell. So I heard that so much in the beginning of my career. And I'm like, I'm gonna make it sell. Mm. I'm gonna make it sell, you know? And, um, it took a lot of work adjusting and it still work every day is still work, you know, because what I create is not what is ideal. You know, the hottest artist in the industry is not going to be like, Oh yeah, I need to make a song about popping it on the pole. Let me hit up Javier. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, and that right. applies to so many things. Oh, we're having a concert today. We got this artist, this artist, and this artist. They all talk about that. Let's also include Javier. Star. Like no, but I knew that that was gonna happen going into this. But this is what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah man. And it has paid for paid off because I mean, because of that success, right? I mean, granted through hard work, you have been given opportunities. There, uh, you had a phenomenal interview done through CNN and other news mm -hmm. outlets. You have been able to work with some notable artists, um, of course, Robert Glasper, and I believe you 
toured with him, recorded with him. And so, yeah, the work has definitely, you put in your 10,000 hours, have definitely have paid mm-hmm. off. So. I definitely think that I have, uh, for sure. I, Yeah, man. Lots of lonely nights, for sure. I mean, even when I started making music, my mom didn't support the music. So, like, I would have to leave my house, go sit somewhere like this in the middle of nowhere in my neighborhood and write music in outside. That was all the beginning stuff that anyone heard from me. Like, that's where that stuff was written. Most of it was just written out in the middle of nowhere just writing it because if i would make music at home i would get scolded she was like you always so loud with that music stuff i don't want to hear that stuff and you know to have my mom come to my concert at the kennedy center and i step on stage and dap her up while i'm singing a song that i wrote about her you know uh it's kind of cool to see it come full circle yeah that's dope man so Go ahead. Yeah, so real quick, uh, we're going to take a quick break because we want to shout out our sponsor. We, you literally just mentioned them a <laughs> few minutes ago. So we definitely want to show some love to Words, Beats, and Life. Uh, we're going to run uh, one of the ads uh, talking about their academy, which you and I both are a part of. So uh, we're going to do that real quick, and we will be back with our brother Javier Stocks. Everybody hold tight. Uh, we'll be right back. Peace. My name is Stan Robinson, also known as Substantial, and I teach the business of music at Words, Beats, and Life. Learning the business of music benefited me personally because it gave me more control over my career, my legacy. I basically took control of my catalog, and so most of these companies pay directly to me and my business. I make a pretty good living making music full-time. So the reason why I want to impart this uh, this knowledge onto the youth, though, I understand the value of this information. So the freedom to be able to own your creations and basically be able to monetize that any way you see fit without asking someone's permission, that's extremely important for me to pass those gems on and give that information to other people. And that's why I'm with WBL. Be sure to enroll in my class at wblinc.org slash academy. All right, folks, we are back. Uh, we're going to bring Javier back in a second. But real quick, before we do that, just wanted to give you all a heads up that we will be at AwesomeCon uh, next weekend, not this weekend coming up, but the following weekend. We will be there uh, from June 16th through the 18th doing our sketch pads event. Be sure to come check us out at the Walter E. Washington Convention Center. Um, Saturday night is when the Sketchpads event will be happening. We'll be in room 154, so come check us out. We got some dope artists, some dope cosplayers that will be our figure models. And yeah, it's going to be a great time. And don't forget goodie bags. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We love them goodies. We love them goodies. (laughs) All right. So let's uh, get back to talking to our brother, Javier Starks. All right. All right. So a perfect segue, Hav, um, you know, talking about alternative. Um, You are a self I would say a self-professed nerd, right? You are involved in, you know, the quirkiness. You have video games and, and anime and you skateboard and you do a lot of alternative black culture. You participate in a lot of alternative black culture. He was a blurred before there was a word. Exactly. For it. So when were you first introduced to this lifestyle? What got you interested in like skateboarding and, and all these other um, I mean, I was, oh my gosh, I've been playing video games since my dad got me a video game as a kid. 
Um, but uh, in terms of skateboarding, Tony Hawk era, like that whole like game blowing up, like I fell in love with. It. I had ridden skateboards before in Baltimore. You know, couldn't go far. You know, not outside of the back alley type vibes. But like once I saw like you could do tricks on the skateboard, what, bro? Like that opened up a, a whole world of um creativity for me and then it also taught me a lot too because you know when when it comes to skateboarding one skateboarding is difficult you know there was no there weren't so many youtube videos to learn from then and also skateboarding is painful and you don't have a coach your coach is you you're generally your your main source of support and you got your friends so you start learning the value of community um you start learning the, the value of like fortitude being like oh, i fell down and smacked my wrist but i'm going to try again um you know it's actually painful so like when now when i'm doing things in the industry and i get no's it's kind of like all right okay I'll try a different one um but tony hawk probably got me into it and uh i just love video games i always love video games i think they're so cool and like something like uh legend of zelda teaching me problem solving and puzzles skills like I could find my way out of a locked in room if there was a way out long before there was a escape room, you know, like, mm -hmm. because like that, I, that's what I do in my free time. I solve problems, you know, like uh, that's what video games are and they build motor skills and hand eye coordination. So I'm, I'm not great at all sports, but I play almost all sports. And I'm decent at many, many things. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Speaking of sports, um, you know, uh, you're probably not probably you're definitely our first guest that is both a professional artist slash music uh, or musician mm -hmm. and also a professional athlete. So, um, yeah, man, let's uh, let's take a second to talk about like the one wheel. And okay. uh, for our um, folks who aren't familiar with the one wheel, could you please educate them real quick? Like, what's the one wheel? Hold up. Let me make sure we can see it. Tell them what, what yeah. is that contraption? What is the one wheel? Bro, this thing right here that I'm sitting on. Um, the one wheel is a one-wheeled, single-wheeled, self-balancing electric skateboard, if I had to describe it. Yeah, shout out to Blackheart, too. What's up, Marcus? My bro. And Stephanie. Steph. Steph. Sounds that Steph, y'all. Anyways, uh, shout out to the folks in the background, in the chat section. I love y'all. Um, I still play Street Fighter. You can still catch that fate. But the one wheel is uh, a self-balancing one-wheeled electric skateboard traveling at speeds uh, generally up to like 20-ish miles per hour. And um, it's a game changer. We uh, or people in the PEV or personal electric vehicle world describe vehicles like the one wheel as last mile transportation. So the idea is that maybe you might not ride this from Baltimore to D.C., but if you catch the train from Baltimore to D.C. and then you get off the train and you need to get home, maybe two miles, you can catch you can ride your board or something small like this. Like the one wheel is awesome because you can tuck it under your uh your seat or you can stick it behind your desk or throw it in the closet it's super portable um but yeah i wrote the one wheel one day shout out to my brother federico garay he pulled up on it one day he was like yo it's called a one wheel you want to try it i never seen one in my life and my friend had been riding it for like a year so you know some of these things can like be behind the scenes 
And I was like, of course I wanted to try it. You know, Back to the Future, Marty McFly. Uh, everybody wants to ride a, a truly like gliding board, not what they call hoverboards nowadays, but the actual board of this nature. And uh, yeah, it's so much fun. Going to the grocery store is fun. Like, you want me to go get some milk? I go get you some milk and cereal. I dropped, I dropped some milk and cereal off the substantial the other day because, you know why? Because it's fun to drop it off. But obviously, I love you. But also, it is fun to, to make that journey over there. It's like, yo, I'm about to make this delivery. I shoot up the hill, down the back path, and across the gravel, jump off the sidewalk. Like, it's, it's an adventure and stuff. Yeah. And how long have you been riding now? So I've been riding one wheel since May. I think I got my one wheel on May 24th, 2019. So four years now, four years now and over 40,000 miles. So I'm averaging 10,000 miles a year. Not bad, right? Not bad. Pretty cool, man. And not only, so not only have you done over 40,000 miles on the one wheel, you are the number one one wheel rider in the world for, for distance. distance yeah yep, so i hold the record yep, currently yeah man thank you yeah oh man hey man thanks man uh, <laughs> so let me ask you this on the one wheel what's the furthest where's the furthest you've traveled in a day i've ridden from dc to gaithersburg and back in a day i've ridden 132 miles in a day before um yeah the furthest i've ridden on one charge i did like a 50 mile ride um which is like i rode from freedom plaza and or my house in northeast dc to vienna and back um that was cool you see a lot of things you know, I see rabbits and turtles and I've never seen a snake. I probably have deer and you meet lots of people, get a lot of stairs and you see buildings and roads you never would have crossed paths with. You know, during the height of the pandemic, when everyone was inside their house, social distancing, I was social distancing on my one wheel in Odington. And I, I man, I went on so many adventures and I'm just listening to music. I was listening to Donny Hathaway um for a while you know hang on to the world as it spins around and just like it is like just don't let the spin get you down you know just don't let the spin get you down like i i was just so moved and inspired by music and and art while riding the one wheel like when people talk about meditation and finding your peace and your zen like Man, if that wasn't so peaceful, just being outside in a world where literally there's like no one else outside. I mean, I would ride my one wheel to the Lincoln Memorial at two o'clock in the morning when there's no one there, you know, and like the Lincoln Memorial was just me and Lincoln. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just so wild to be the only person at the reflecting pool like, out of all the humans in the world. And um, it's so beautiful. And it really makes me appreciate the outdoors and like breathing air and like i don't know man i've really found a new appreciation for life through experiencing things on the one world like yeah man it's like you know when most people just sit on the couch like i'm out seeing hundreds of people animals wildlife the sun the sky clouds and and i think about what maybe that person who's driving past me is experiencing what their life might be like but like you know, I think about all these things because I'm experiencing so much. 
But it also provides some life lessons too, because I know we've we've talked about this. Because as you know, Stan has a a one wheel that he he enjoys riding as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you have said that you one has to be okay with falling because you will fall, right? Like with anything, when you're doing it for the first time, whether it's riding a bike, whether it's a skateboard, a traditional skateboard, or a one wheel. Mm-hmm. Like you, ha- can you speak more on that? On you know being okay with falling and falling gracefully <laughs> yeah, I yeah like no, uh, a pursuing a career or absolutely or something new you know what i mean yeah yeah um, um well that started probably with skateboarding it's like you know falling is kind of like a badge of honor in skateboarding um but it, it was renewed and stepped up a level with one wheeling because like yo you're riding on one wheel if that battery decides to not function properly like you're crashing it period and you have to accept that to get like the joy out of it and you have to be cool with that. So like, it's kind of like being an artist in that sense. Like people are like, well, what are you going to do if it doesn't work out? Like, I don't have a plan B, like my plan A, my only plan is to be successful as a creative. Now there's different avenues. I'm doing so many different things, you know, but I don't have a, well, if I don't do this, I'm going to just be like a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like, you begin to like really lean on the things that you love. And even when the finances aren't there, the way that you would hope they would be, there's a joy that you get from riding the one wheel. So yeah, maybe I might not be able to pick my girlfriend up or my homies up or et cetera. You know, just like in the music business, you might not be able to do certain things that you like to do. You might not have the resources to pay your rent, but Hey, what about those 10 people who were like, yeah, I was going to commit suicide last month, but thank you because your song inspired me so much that I didn't take my life. You know, um, someone wrote me talking about how moved they were. Or oh, he didn't write me. He was talking to me at the concert about the Mom, I'm Good song. He's like, man, you know that song about your mom, you know, because me and my mom, you know, my mom's ill too as well. And, and we just had a moment, but like, you know, you're not going to make those kinds of connections sitting behind a desk uh, making decisions for a Fortune 500 company, you know. And um, maybe you might, but I, I definitely experienced them far more often than those people would. And um, and when I walk past a homeless person, you know, because I understand the power of art and the power of being personable and that human-to-human connection, you know, because most homeless people are just ignored. That's the greatest pain of being homeless is like, People just walk by. You don't even exist. Um, so even when I don't have money, I at least acknowledge them, you know? Um, yeah, I know. The, the birds in the background is crazy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope that is, is added to the vibe. Um, but um, yeah, man. Like, it's, yeah, it's the one right. was, is it, It's only right because it's you. You right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, man. Um, definitely was not planned. I did not plan to be outside on this day when they're like, Stay inside. Um, but I was I'm chasing dreams, you know, trying to make a relationship with Warner Brothers and and um, film screenings and get into voice acting and to and to acting myself and and to be a. I'm one who takes even my connections with some of the biggest artists in the world. When I met Substantial, I was working for another gentleman who was hosting this event, and my one job was to drive artists from place to place and. And I met Substantial through that. And, you know, you taught me about musicality and and because that's something that Substantial does really well. Like the musicality, that, 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 with it. Like, they, it's really fun watching him perform and seeing him rock the crowd and knowing the things that I've learned from him. But, um, 
there's there's this you have to take leaps of faith and the one world is like i trust my board with my life every time because if it cuts off while i'm in the middle of the road in front of cars or whatever i could be dead um but it gets me to and from and um you got to be willing to take those kinds of leaps in life and i would have been the first male in my family to go to college and instead and 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 i know right in in elementary school and middle school i had grades that put me that was real out in the top 10 percentile of the state of maryland in terms of test scores so like I was in gifted and talented classes. I like left the school that I went to and started going to another school where we had two teachers and we had rabbits, which was unheard of in, in Baltimore. And I was in gifted and talented and all these like different things that we did. I was, I knew what pie was in like second, third grade. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like my grandma's an educator. Like, so like there was school when there wasn't school. You really know cheap. Um, and so like to do this, be an artist stuff was like, to do this, being an artist, though, you're funny, though, you know, to be an artist, despite what was expected of me, like, you know, my family often looks down on that. They're like, yo, you wasted your, your life. Like, you could have been anything, and I could have, and I know I still could be almost anything. You know, certain things you got to work on when you're young. You know, you probably won't, don't want to get into motocross right now at, at uh, 20, 30, 40, 50 plus, you know, you might want to start that younger, but most things I could still be. And, um, but I'm cool with what I did and I'm happy with what I did. I'm, 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 I'm grateful for the choices that I made and, and happy to be impacting lives. And at the bare minimum, even if I'm never impacting any lives, I'm happy because I'm doing what I love, even when I don't have resources to do it. Tomorrow I'm going up to New York to do a store opening for a company that makes plant-based food and they're going to pay for my transportation, pay me to be there, excuse me, pay me to do all kinds of things. And all I got to do is be myself and post about it. Like, I might not be winning according to most standards. I don't have my own car. I don't have my own place. I'm not. What did my homie Flex Matthew say? He said to some women, you might not look good on paper. You know, you're not successful on paper. I don't got the things that check out as like stability. But like, yo, like I'm happy with what I am and what I have. And I I trust that working with the people that I'm working with, you all, that the rest will fall into place. Well, we're going to work to push it into place, but it's going to come, you know. And uh, yeah. yeah. And real quick, a couple a couple of things. Uh, you know, last I checked, like happiness looks sexy on everybody. You know what I mean? Because that's the thing. There's a ton of people who, who they look great on paper, but then you meet them and they're they miserable. they're miserable. Yeah. Miserable. Meanwhile, like we see it all the time, right? Like where it's people who may not be the wealthiest folks in the world, but they got family that love them. Um, they got people who they inspire around them and stuff, people who inspire them around them. And like, yo, and that's what I mean, that's why I, I enjoy being in your presence, because in spite of all your challenges, like, yo, you you seem you you seem happy. You seem genuinely happy most of the time. And and, and damn anybody who, who made it so you're not happy, son. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just like. You know, you you bring you bring light into any room you come into, and uh, and I think that's uh, and and that's I don't want to say it's rare because we're blessed to have a few people in our life um, that very much are those people. Like they bring joy with them every room they walk into, and you're definitely amongst those folks. So 
Yeah, so damn anyone who's trying to dim your light. And um, and to anybody listening too, man, for those folks who do exactly what Hob was saying his family does and what our families have done with us in the past and stuff until until they saw us like go on and be successful. Um, you know, anytime you tell like tell people you want to be an artist and they're and they're like, Oh, you know, you're you're wasting this, you're not doing this. Like, man, these same people who say that to you, homes are filled with music, mm -hmm. right? And paintings, Home, uh, paintings yep. books that were designed, like that have covers on it that was designed by artists, photos inside of it that was shot by artists. The these words, written, the words by written by writers. And yeah. uh, like the, these same people who say that literally are keeping artists employed and paid. Yeah. And they are just ignorant to that fact. They don't know. So just remember, man, like to all the artists that are listening, to people who tune in every week to listen to our show, just like, yo, speak to make make a habit out of speaking to people who know about this world and know about the opportunities that exist in there. And don't let people who really don't live in this space get you down. Because they're just, they're speaking to their own ignorance. It's not their fault. They just don't know. And to their own fears as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Well, we are going to transition. I know we're actually a little over because we started a little, we were a little tardy. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. we have our, we're going to transition to our rapid fire questions, which <laughs> is the fun part. <laughs> this is a fun part. Well, oh, fun. But um, yeah, so we have five questions for you. Um, and so we want you to be honest. It's all fun. It's nah, it's not a lot to us, B. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I try to be honest. <laughs> My goal is to try to be honest. So the first one is. Ooh, 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 ooh. You want to do yeah, this? Yeah, one? yeah, okay, yeah. I'll let you Cause, do Because you know, you know, we live, you know what I'm saying? You live in this world more than I do. I used to, this used to be my everything. But tough one out the gate Street Fighter 2 Turbo or Street Fighter 3 Third Strike? Third Strike. Okay. Right. Okay. okay. I like the pairing. I like the, the growth. You still had the supers. It looked better. The animation was crispier. The music was better. It was just, it was just, yeah, yeah. Third strike for sure. Okay. You have mentioned before earlier in the show that you are definitely an avid anime watcher. And so what is your favorite anime of all time? One Piece, hands down, by far. Yep. One piece. Luffy, I'm Luffy. I'm a little bit smarter than Luffy, but besides that, I'm Luffy. Luffy's okay. the man. Okay. So, like, you know, when we talk about artists or uh, music specifically, uh, as someone who makes music, who would you say is the artist that you've probably listened to their music the most in your life? Woo! Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's tough. Um... It would be a R and B artist for sure. It would probably be either Lauren Hill, Erica Badu. Yeah, because I mean, rap is rap is amazing. Um, but I feel like oftentimes the R and B that I consume just goes a little deeper. And um, while it doesn't necessarily always have the wordplay that I'm craving, like listening to Pharrell March, like Pharrell March would take it there. That's my favorite MC. Um, you know, he's got songs like Queens, Southside Queens, like the stories that he told. He took it there. But like, there's just something about Zion. Now the joy, the way that that song touches you. Like, ooh, I can't think of many hip hop songs that really hit hit like that. Um, there are some, but R&B probably primarily. I've been listening to a lot of Daniel Caesar and um, 
Yeah, Daniel Caesar is probably like my favorite artist right now. Okay. Right. And you, that, was, that, that was our next yeah, one. Yeah, that was Who's the next uh, artist question. you're currently listening to. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So, the, and the, for the last one, <laughs> since you took shells and answered it already, for the last okay. one. Um, one thing I've noticed about you, which you don't always get to display, but for those who don't know, Javier is actually pretty nasty off the top of the head. So... Mm. Uh, but you're also nasty with a pen too. Like you're, you're writing, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. or your your Twitter finger slash, you know what I'm saying. You know, however you're you're constructing your raps these days, you're pretty good. So that being said, like what uh, what do you find more enjoyable, writing or freestyle? Ooh, I I, I guess I would say that's tough. That's tough. But if I had to answer like rapid fire, maybe freestyle is probably more fun. Simply because it generally takes place in the company of others. Most of the writing, it's it's fun seeing the outcome. I'm not like, man, this is so fun. I'm writing this deep song. It's good after the song is recorded. But like when I'm freestyling and I'm there and substantial's going off and the shell drops bars and the destiny drops bars, like bro, like now nah, that doesn't happen because they don't rap, but sub rap. And it's fun to like to rap and, and to, to catch the energy off someone else next to you. And like artistry, oh yeah, man, my art is free. Well, it's not free. I like to get paid, but art is me. You know, like uh, so the idea is like, you know, like it's 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 <laughs> it's it's fun to freestyle. That's tough though, because like I wouldn't if I would not ever choose to have a concert that's only freestyle because then I would feel like I miss opportunities to deliver concise messages because freestyle can get a little messy with our expectations and what we're trying to stay in patterns and stuff like that um when it comes to writing you can make sure it's like i want to touch on this and i want to touch on that and i want to touch on this and tie it all together with the chorus that's catchy you know and um sometimes with freestyle you miss out on on that but um but it's more fun to be in a cypher with like six of your homies and just I mean, I like seeing my homies shine. You know, I like seeing people be successful. Even I realized this the other night, I was looking at the Instagram post and someone that mentioned someone I'm not a big fan of. And I saw he had been successful. And I'm like, yo, that's good. As long as you're doing good things in the community, doesn't even matter if you're my friend or not. I'm never jealous or like wishing like not success on those people. Like do your thing, you know, like seeing other people succeed is like the, the, the seed of hope that inspires people to create, live, and, or be themselves. Like that person, um, I'm guessing it's Mozzie, WBL. Yeah, fear is a, is a, is a key factor in, in all of these things. And it's what stops almost all of us from doing almost all the things that we wish we could do, that we should do, that we can do. Like, you know, it's, it fear is just, is yeah man fear is fear is intense and like you know i was talking to um you all about my my other fear and mm, talking to my partner or my roommate uh, about my fear and um yeah you have to challenge yourself you know and yeah. and the things that i've done in life you know they're just all ongoing my dad was military i remember we went to he would go we would go riding i would ride my tricycle and he would jog and he was like one time we rode Three miles out, you passed out. He carried me and the tricycle back three miles. But that's that's how I was going as a kid, you know. So forty thousand miles as a grown up on a one wheel, like you know what I mean. You know, it's kind of like on par. 
Right. Wow. Right. Well, hey, man. Now, bro, uh, we, we appreciate so love you, man. Thank you, man, for, for being here. Hey, man, I love y'all, so. too. Thank you for having me. Sorry, I'm, like, outside the bird chirp, stop chirping, so. They're it's like, yeah, it's time to go. They were added commentary. Someone said yeah. that in the yeah, comments. Yeah. They were added commentary. <laughs> the bird they were commentary. co-signing. They were, they were co-signing. stamping a lot. Man, they had, they had feelings <laughs> about some of the stuff you were saying. It was like, word, freestyling. Word, word. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hey, baby, eat this worm. Right. <laughs> yeah, he, he on point. That's funny. <laughs> right. Right. But now, nah, man, now nah, we, we appreciate you for being on the show and, you know, wish you continued success. And um, and we're we're excited for those who are listening who does uh, who don't know um, Javier, um, outside of being a great friend to us and our family, um, you know, is also he's also like a part of substantial art and music. We actually he's the first artist that we've uh, begun uh, representing. And so um, so he's obviously, not only a consumer, he's also a client. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> so, uh, you know, you're definitely going to be hearing us uh, talking a lot more. I said the client thing. precedent. Yeah, son. You know what I mean? Words of Biggie. That was a pun. <laughs> he's not only a. Consumer, he's a. No, we got anyway, you. We got anyway, you. you know we, I got. We, we got you. Know you. We got you. <laughs> you know, some some non rap rap listening folks who who listen to the show probably ain't catch it, but I got you. But uh, b- but before you go, uh, let them know what you got going on next. And I know you talked about the thing you're doing with Plant Burger. Shout out to Plant Burger because we had that for dinner tonight, and it was good. And Hav is the one so that good. put us on. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, Heck uh, yeah, word! I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. So right now I'm doing stuff with Plant Burger, doing stuff with Drink Simple Maple Water. They're awesome company that's supporting what i'm doing like you all they're supporting many great things and trying to do positive things in the world shift the world into a better place so big shout out to drink simple but um my next big focus is this cross-country project that i'm working on um that's the main thing that i'm focused on but also simultaneously launching my own twitch channel so if you're on twitch add me twitch backslash javier starts i'm there i'm going to start streaming more often and working on my first cosplay yeah so i'll be at awesome Con, awesome con with sub art and music you know come through say what's good we're gonna be there be like what's up man you, you know, know? Yeah. yeah yeah awesome awesome Appreciate well, thank you, you so much for being on the show thanks to our our you know our listeners and our watchers those watching on youtube thank you so much you know next week um, this for those of you that have been following us, we sort of changed the plot, the format a little bit. We went from biweekly to weekly because you know mm-hmm. we wanted to give you more of the love. Mm-hmm. Um, so next week we have visual artist Bisco Smith who will be joining oh, us. Yeah. Okay, another Pratt another alum, Pratt alum that we're looking forward to catching up with. So again, thank you so much. If you like the show, please make sure to like and to subscribe so yeah. you can learn more. Please and thank you and. Um, yeah, man. Shout out again to our uh, <laughs> shout out to our sponsor, WBL Words, Beats and Life, yep. man. We appreciate the support. Um, thank you for helping us uh, make this happen and keep this. Yo, it's crazy. We've been doing this is our fourth season. So uh, we're counting our blessings, man. And, um, you know, happy to have guests like you continue to uh, support us. And yeah, man, we're just grateful, you know. Yeah, so uh, have sit tight for the rest of you guys. Again, thank you so much. We will see you next week, next Wednesday, same bat time. Same bat channel. Peace. Peace and shout out to WF for keeping my lights on too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right, brother. Take care, man. Peace. Peace. 
All right, folks. So we will see you next week. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you soon, but talk to you soon, y'all. Peace, 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 peace. Hold on. Out. Thanks for listening to Artistry, where art meets industry. Season four of Artistry is powered by Words Beats in Life. Visit www.wblinc.org to learn more. This podcast is produced by Substantial Art and Music. For more information, please visit www.subartandmusic.com. You can also follow us on social media at Subart and Music. Peace.